This is the Creators for Climate podcast, an initiative born in Amsterdam with a view out onto the world. We're a mix of creatives, activists, and business folk, all impatient with the slow pace of change to tackle our climate emergency. As storytellers and myth builders, we have the power, influence, and responsibility to drive change. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex Herringham, and welcome to the Creators for Climate podcast. Every few months, Creators for Climate invites the creative industry to come together and think about how we can best tackle the biggest threat our planet faces. We listen to the stories about climate change that need to be heard, the scary truth, but also the promising solutions. In turn, we discover how we can use our creativity to amplify those stories to inspire change. At our next summit on the 26th of February, we'll be doing precisely that. Next to listening to the wonderful guest speakers we've invited, we will be revealing three briefs that have the potential to cause the right kind of disruptive impact, changing the public's perception for good. Now for a quick introduction to this week's podcast. We're going back to October of last year to when the B Corp Summit took place. The initiator of this podcast, Tessa Werning, was there at the scene to interview a selection of companies who not only understand that business should be used as a force for good, but also know the role creativity has in solving this crisis. In this week's episode, you'll hear Lucy introducing Tessa at the B Corp Summit, followed by Tessa speaking to Felicitas von Peter, Managing Partner at Active Philanthropy, Ryan Gellert, General Manager at Patagonia, Eva Chauens, CEO of Fairphone, and Timothy O'Brien, Founder and CEO for Hatched and Roy. We're at the B Summit this morning um, in Amsterdam, and the biggest B Summit ever. And I'm sitting with Tessa, um, the former founder of Fairphone and uh, independent consultant in uh, Purposeful Communications, who, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you because I know that you were on stage at the last B Summit interviewing uh, various thought leaders. So what's your impression from this morning uh, in terms of where, uh, where the B Lab community is? 200 people came last year and about 600 people are here today. Uh, the venue is huge, uh, there's lots of different organizations presenting what they have and I think the general uh, atmosphere is pretty kind of positive because there's a lot of momentum around us at the moment from the UN uh, climate uh, summit that's happening in New York to the climate marches this week so you can really feel that there's a lot of momentum going on. And, and obviously we got in touch because you reached out when we first announced this Creators for Climate Summit, but um, particularly I think the language of Extinction Rebellion was quite interesting for you. And so considering the fact that you've worked for so long in this community and that you have been a, a, a leader yourself, I wanted to hear from you whether you think that there's a strong enough sense of urgency or whether some of those conversations could be here today and yeah. Well, I think that's a really good question. I think today uh, I'm going to be speaking to a lot of different people to really feel uh, the sense of urgency. I was indeed, as a founder of Fairphone, five years ago, we started with the B Corp assessment and since then you can really see that there's been a lot of momentum. Um, a lot of bigger companies have joined and personally I noticed that I think, but nothing is changing, you know? So how can we really look at something more radical? You know, how can we like connect with a 16 year old who has only been like in the in the media for a year and yet has gained so much momentum around her? How are we connecting all these different movements together? So that's what I really want to do today is to speak to people who have been maybe uh, B Corps for a while, maybe are considering to be one, how they're connecting uh, personally and maybe as an organization and as an industry to what's going on and how they see the future. 
Awesome. And so uh, actually only two days ago, Mark and I were at the Dutch Festival of Creativity, really talking to the creative community um, and um, seeing where they were at. Um, why is B Corp such an important uh, player in this conversation and why are we here today? Well, according to uh, the co-founder, you know, he says that governments alone are not able to protect or restore our overstressed planet, quote unquote, from Jay Kuhn Colbert, the B-Lab movement, and that businesses needs to, need to lead the beat, I think is a theme today. So it's really important that businesses pull together and see that their role is incredibly important in our economic system, um, that they not only, you know, I think what uh, what was in the news in the media the last couple of weeks is that the B Corp community really pushed the bigger corporates in America to acknowledge that making money is not the purpose of business anymore, according to the old Milton Friedman purpose of business, but that purpose of business is much more than that, is really looking at um, the uh, societies you live in, the planets that you're taking from, the people that you work with. It's uh, no more logical that businesses step up and because the B Corp movement has been around for so long, they really are front runners in this area. So how are they staying ahead and how are they pulling everybody in? That's the question. So it's exciting, right? This morning with 650 uh, people and the scale of the summit is so much bigger and we've got a lot of businesses in the room. So where there is money, there is a potential for a lot of impact, right? <laughs> um, so what are some of the, some of the the harder hitting questions that, that you'll be asking today because I will be giving this mic to you <laughs> um, as, our, as our B Corp ambassador and uh, uh, veteran in this community. <laughs> um, so, so what is it that you want to be asking your peers? It's a good question. I think it's good to connect it to the Extinction Rebellion call uh, of, of a few months ago where they wrote a letter to the advertising industry or the creative industry to say it's time to really step up and become part of uh, or connect to the climate emergency so one tell the truth and declare an emergency two is really act so how are you acting on on, on lowering carbon emissions by 2025 and the third one is really how has this become beyond politics and their claim is really to get a citizens assembly but i think it's good for businesses to see that it is beyond politics alone um, but what i like about extinction rebellion is that they really speak to the person as well so i want to ask today and I see that the event is structured in that way as well what are you doing as an individual as a business as an industry and how is that collectively looking at systemic change so some of the questions I'll be asking who are the leaders when you look at the movement now and how are they defining themselves what is what are the things that they uh, see in the future is it how do they look at growth for example or uh, development I am really interested in B Corp as an assessment. I've personally seen that uh, the B assessment really looks at the business impact that businesses have, but I would really want to look at uh, one step further. How do you define your impact and then look at what it is? So I can think the main question is, if everyone, if all businesses became B Corps, would that solve the problem? Is this the solution to looking at our econ economic system? And lastly, I think is uh, really, are you connected or paying attention to any of the other movements around, like the Climate March and Extinction Rebellion, and in what way are you getting involved? Are you getting active? Are you going on climate strikes, etc.? 
That's awesome. And I think that, that for me personally, that's been one of the major uh, light bulb moments is that you can, that you are so many different things in society. You're not only a consumer, <laughs> you're a citizen, but also you may be a business owner, but you're also an individual. So I think that one of my experiences of uh, having these conversations so far is that people always make the disclaimer, well, as an individual, this is what I think, but I'm not sure that we're yet ready to make that, that uh, statement as a business. So um, that sounds really exciting, Tessa. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to be grabbing people around, uh, you know, um, that I know and don't know today to see if they can answer these questions. And I hope that it'll give you some insight into what's happening or like what's, what's the vibe in the B Corp community. And the, the last thing I want to ask you is what are, what are some of your um, yeah, worrying concerns about if things don't change fast enough? Will this uh, just have been a, another nice event and uh, we'll be uh, in five years time, will we be having to have scarier sorts of conversations, let's say? I think that there have been some very good good changes in the past couple of months. I think that that round table that we discussed about that shareholder profit is not the most important thing for a business is an incredibly important systemic a uh, fundamental thing about how our systems work is like shareholder profits, really going for profit. And I think until businesses look at their organizations and who they're working for, I don't think a lot of things are really going to change fundamentally. So I think that that's one important thing. Um, the other thing is that I, I, I think it's not a party. And, you know, it feels like a party right now. But where is that urgency and how are we going to feel it every day? I feel it every day as a mother of three children. Actually, it's my son probably that inspires me most and makes me feel like that I really need to do something every day. And I think if you stay in this business environment, self-congratulatory maybe on how well we're doing, you might miss the point. It really means that we need to work every day, connect to all the things that are going on and keep working hard for a very long time. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give this to you. And um, yeah, I encourage you to ask, ask the hard-hitting questions. So let's bring that conversation uh, to the to the B Summit. So I'm at here at the B Corp Summit in Amsterdam. We're in the first uh, breakout sessions after a pointed speech from the B Lab founder. Um, and I'm here speaking to Felicitas von Peter from Active Philanthropy. I was inspired by your contribution in the panel and I was wondering what your impressions are of your first uh, day here. First off, I am thrilled to see that the B-Lab and B-Corp movement has grown such a lot within Europe. There are a lot of new faces. I would guess there are about a third new members that have joined us today. So great energy. It's also enheartening to see that it's not only the young people joining the B-Corp movement, but we see a lot more companies that are a couple of decades old and also larger multinationals that are joining the movement. So that's very encouraging. And can you tell me a little bit about active philanthropy before we continue into our more in-depth conversation? Sure. I set up active philanthropy in 2006 as a platform to help people with wealth have more impact with their social investing and giving. And we have recently refocused to just work on the climate crisis and the impacts of the climate crisis because we feel that there is as yet not enough awareness about what's happening and there is not enough money going into mitigating and adapting to the climate crisis. So going forward, we'll just work on climate. 
Wow, that's uh, wonderful to hear. And can you see that the, your uh, kind of back group that you are in touch with are connected to what they see, the youth climate movement and the Extinction Rebellion and other movements that are happening? We believe that climate is very complex to understand and you need to establish a different relationship. You need to see what's happening with your head but also your heart. And so we run expeditions to Greenland. I've just come back from my 16th expedition in the last 10 years, which was actually one of the reasons why we now focus on climate, because the glacier has literally melted below my feet. When we take people to Greenland, we see that within four days, just sitting out in nature, listening to the science and understanding what's happening on a totally different level, connects them to this issue on a very personal, emotional level. What it also does is it raises the sense of urgency in a way that I've not seen happening anywhere else. And people come back fired up for action. And that's when they're ready to talk about what needs to happen. And not just what do we need to do in our companies, but how can we support civil society and movements that are trying to change the rules of the game. And then they're interested in litigation and campaigning and advocacy because they see that we need exponential change and not just incremental change. Wonderful. I have lots of questions, but I guess my most practical is, can you give some examples of the initiatives or the things that the, these, these investors then do when they come back from Greenland? So it depends on their spheres of influence. What we always say is no matter who you are, and where you sit, you've got different spheres of influence. You have the personal life, and I think it becomes more and more important that people become ambassadors for the cause and stand up and talk about what they see. I think we underestimate the networks of trust. When we book hotel rooms, we trust the peer reviews from TripAdvisor, and we trust Airbnb. So people trust each other, and I think this network of trust is something that we can use a lot more, just to talk about the crisis and why we should act. Number two, you can do something as investors. You can talk to your bank. You can look at where is your pension fund invested. You can also put pressure on friends that you know have larger resources maybe than you have. You can do something within your company. So what we've seen people do is, if they're philanthropists, they've enlarged the remit of the foundation to include climate change. We have seen people with wealth get their family offices uh, going and have them look into how they can focus their investments to 100% impact. We have seen people change jobs. That's what happens quite often. People come back and they go like, I cannot stay in my old job. I need to focus on sustainability. We have seen quite a lot of discussions between the young generation and the older generation. If there were from families that had an interest in a business, on where does the business go? Where do we want to lead this business going forward? What is our role as entrepreneurs running this business for the future? It sounds uh, probably strange, but it, these people are sticking their necks out in a, an environment where it's maybe not normal to talk about these things. Yes, very much so. And that's what happens when you start to understand what is at stake and where we're at in the world. And that 
we don't even have 10 years. We might have three or five years. And that sense of urgency makes you fearless and makes you motivated to stick your neck out. And that's what we want. Thank you. And I think going to Greenland is such an incredibly immersive experience that I don't imagine you come out in any other way. But as you said, three to five years, there's no way that we can take everybody to Greenland. What are other ways for people to actually really kind of embrace and understand that this is so important? So I think we, first off, we need a new narrative. We need to focus on what we're going to gain instead of just what we're going to lose. And I think we haven't talked about this new narrative yet enough because the world we want to go towards is still in the making. But I really believe that we need the arts more. We need envisioning. You know, we're, we're people that think in grand visions and plans and images and pictures. And I think we need a new generation of storytellers that help us go towards this future we a need but also that we know is good for us I mean who wants to live in a city full of air pollution if we can live in a city that has clean cars no one I've met would not choose the latter for the former number two I think we need to tell the truth more and we need to be clear about what the impacts are and I don't think we have been good enough in doing so, especially because here in Europe we don't feel it as much as we feel it elsewhere in the world. And I'm not saying we need to spread the doom and gloom, but just be realistic about what's at stake and be more vocal about it, which is why we also really support NGOs that are making this clear, that are rallying the masses that might not have been aware of what was happening in the past, because that is really important to have people to tell the truth and then also to walk the talk. Nice. It sounds actually mirrors very much the letter from the Extinction Rebellion calling on the creative industry to start telling the truth and to use their skills and platform. I don't know if you heard about it, but what do you think of it? <laughs> and, and would you like to get involved? I just heard about it now and I love it. Because I think, as I said, images and visions and an aspiring future is something that we need to talk about a lot more. Now the Extinction Rebellion has been getting a bit of a negative image in the past, which I think is unfair. And I think to combine that with the creative industry and to say, let's not just talk about what we're against, let's talk about what we're for, which is what the Extinction Rebellion has also done, could be really, really powerful because we live in an attention economy. We live in a world that is so much dominated by images and by symbols that the creative industries are hugely important for helping us shape this new world that we want to aspire to. So I really totally applaud this and I'm much looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. How are businesses at this point getting involved and how does the B Corp in that sense, this, this whole movement, have a part in that? So to me, B Corp is a really important movement in different ways. Number one, I believe that the B Corp assessment is like a Trojan horse because it helps you measure what you do in the company and move one step up through this assessment and in the process change the culture inside the company, whether you want it or not. 
that's what I love about the B Corp because it's practical. In the past, we see a lot more multinationals, a lot of multinationals in the pipeline that want to be certified. To link that movement with other movements that are following the same agenda, I think will give us a lot more power. What I think is hugely important is that as B Lab, so the movement behind the B Corps, we constantly stay ahead of the game in terms of vision, keeping us true to where we come from, keeping us honest to what we believe in, and helping already think ahead what's the next step. Because the business community can change quickly, but it can also maintain the status quo as long as it's worthwhile. So I think that's where B Corps and other movements like this need to keep the business community on its toes and constantly push in the direction going forward. I'm curious from an individual level, how do you get involved? Well, we march. Um, we're in different parts in Europe, so we march wherever we are. I got into a big fight this summer with my family because I told them I was, if I had been in London for the last Extinction Rebellion, I would have been the first one to glue myself to the subway. So I think we as people have to become a lot more active and there is actually an Extinction Rebellion going to happen in Berlin soon where our office is and I'm looking forward to getting involved then. Nice. I'm still curious, what was the fight? They were worried about your safety? <laughs> they thought it was a little bit too radical, but I guess sometimes you've got to have that fight also with those that are closest to you. Radical is the time now, it seems. Thank you very much for your time and uh, I hope to see you later on in the day. And I'm speaking to Ryan Gellert from Patagonia. And uh, it's amazing that I got the opportunity to catch you here and uh, ask you a few questions. I, I guess here today we're really looking at businesses pulling together around B Corp. It's been around for 10 years. You can see that there's momentum and, uh, and growth. Do you still feel like it has the same promise and impact that it had when it first started? It's a great question and I'll tell you honestly, I'm about as cynical as anybody on that point. And so my starting place is looking for cracks in the foundation and, and confirmation that it's starting to dilute itself to kind of be more inclusive. And there was a couple of things, I think one recently and one this morning here at the event that I think were for me really strong confirmation that you know, the foundation remains very strong and the dedication very real. A number of weeks ago, it was the response from the B Corp community to the business roundtable's statement around the purpose of business. I was really inspired by that and really proud to see the leadership that was provided in saying, okay, nice statement, now prove it. And I think today it came in the form of Jay Gilbert um, speaking about the climate declaration on behalf of the B Corp movement. And I thought that that was, uh, that's, a, that's a strong statement. And to look out at a room of companies across industries, big and small, different ownership platforms and otherwise, and to hear a message that strong, and to feel, hopefully, you know, that the room is, is unified around that ambition, I think, again, very reaffirming. That's a, those are really nice, concrete examples of how they're uh pulling together and not just taking kind of, I guess, declarations are first step. I heard that there's a draft for a declaration uh, of the climate emergency. How does that come together and does Patagonia play a role in that? I do know that on behalf of Patagonia, I think we are absolutely of the mind that we are living through and seeing, you know, we're not projecting anymore, we're now living in the leading edge of a climate and ecological crisis. And I think we believe very strongly that 
the news that we continue to see, and, and our access to news is no different than anybody else is, is accelerating in its pace in demonstrating that the overall health of the planet is not just moving in the wrong direction, but there are many tangible data points suggesting it's doing so faster than scientists and other experts thought possible, even in the last couple of years. So, I mean, that's our point of view. And, and our point of view is that we have all got to do basically everything we can to create a new system to respond to that. Patagonia obviously has been engaging in political action for decades and I think that's getting uh, clearer, more urgent. Can you give me some of the uh, kind of things that how you're connecting to movements like the youth climate movement or Extinction Rebellion? I think probably the most profound change in the last decade for Patagonia is late last year we changed after 20, I think it was 27 years of a mission statement that, you know, candidly we had grown pretty comfortable with. We changed the mission statement and the old one was wordy and formulaic and I, I happen to like it and the new one is we're in business to save our home planet. It's really, it's eight words, it tells us all exactly what we exist to do. And by the way, the word home in front of planet was pretty deliberate because there's a school of thought out there and a group of people who think technology is going to solve all of our problems and maybe when we're done blowing this planet up we'll move on to the next one and, and we don't accept that point of view. I think in taking and adopting this new mission statement, we've really challenged ourselves to figure out how we can focus on root cause issues. And so for us, particularly here in Europe, they're our own footprint in decarbonizing our business by 2025 globally and participating actively in the transition at scale to more renewables. It's the ongoing protection of wild places, and it's the move and transition away from conventional agriculture to more regenerative and organic practices. And that's within uh, Patagonia's supply chain, a real focus on making your own business responsible, as you uh, say. I, I also heard there's like a, a, a initiatives on connecting other grassroots movements. I think spiritually we're completely in alignment with Organizations and movements from, you know, I think maybe the less contentious, like maybe Fridays for Future. Bottom line is we want to stand shoulder to shoulder with anybody that is willing to go out and demand that all elements of society tell the truth and commit to finding solutions. And so, you know, our support comes in the form of financial support. It comes in the form of trying to amplify the messages of the individuals telling these stories. It comes in product donations and it comes in figuring out what are some of the other things they need. And a couple of those, those other things are, we're launching a digital platform this week here in Europe. We launched it 18 months ago in the US called Patagonia Action Works and its intent is to connect individuals with organizations doing great work and allows them to participate in events, sign petitions, do the things you would expect, also allows for skilled volunteering. And so if an organization needs graphic design support or, or accounting support or otherwise, this tool facilitates the two connecting and the exchange of services happening. Amazing, you've uh, built a building a platform alongside all the other work that you do. And I heard that you're going to be standing shoulder to shoulder literally this coming Friday in The Hague. Yeah, we'll be um, shutting down our, our European headquarters here in Amsterdam on Friday and taking all of our employees that wish to participate, I, I certainly hope it's close to 100%, to The Hague to march everybody uh, that's going to come out in different corners here in the Netherlands to participate. And that's something we're looking forward to doing. I'll add to it, we also ran a non-violent civil disobedience training course in our offices a couple of uh, Saturdays ago. 
um, of course, was open to employees that wanted to participate. It's uh, completely optional, but we had, I think, about a quarter of our headcount from the Amsterdam headquarters participate on a Saturday. And that's really in anticipation of the Extinction Rebellion events that are planned for October and future ones as well. You know, I also want to support any employee that wants to participate in that, and it's, it's my hope that I'll participate directly as well. I think I was speaking to someone, it was my last question, we were talking about activism, and he said it's good to be an activist, but maybe not everywhere, you know, not in all parts of your life. How do you feel about that statement? I, I think people need to be really honest with themselves about the world in which we're living and the impact that we're having. I think people deserve the right to figure out how they want to participate in this. And I'll speak at it a little bit from the perspective of a general manager with a, with a group of employees. I don't see any value in telling people, we need you to do this, you must do this, or we're going to hire the vans and build your signs and walk you out there and help you. I mean, that, it, that doesn't accomplish anything. I think ultimately you've got to meet people where they're at in the hope that you can also provide them the inspiration and the on-ramp to participate in the things that they think are important. But I, if it doesn't come from a sincere place, or you're pushing people into positions they're uncomfortable with, I'm not sure you're accomplishing anything meaningful. I think I still have one more question in me. You are considered, you personally, but also Patagonia, as a leader in this industry. Is there anybody else that you look to and say, these people really inspire me or are role models or something that I can learn or Patagonia can do? from a personal level or a company? Yeah, I mean, I think on a personal level, I'm inspired, you know, almost hourly from the organizations and the individuals that I am fortunate to come into contact with. And, and don't misunderstand the statement, I'm not trumpeting what we do, but, you know, we, we fund about 1,200 organizations around the world. and getting the opportunity to meet and spend time with the individuals from those organizations is one of the most, I mean, it's its just like a shot of adrenaline to the heart. And I, it's particularly timely now to say this because we were running a Tools for Grassroots Activist conference last week in Bosnia. So I just got back late last week from that. And it was four nights of camping on the banks of the Una River with 120 people who are dedicating their lives to a whole range of issues. And they're bringing themselves in a whole range of different ways to doing that. And it's it's one of the most inspiring, to say it's the highlight of the year is an understatement. I'm standing here with Eva Gauwens, CEO of Fairphone, obviously a company uh, I really love. <laughs> and I'm really happy to be able to speak to Eva about what she's doing here. So tell me a little bit more, what's your first impression of this uh, day? Uh, yeah, now uh, we had a first day at the B Corp uh, Summit. It is a quite varied audience, uh, is my impression. And sometimes it, it looks a bit like a, like a belief, like a religion. It is a lot about uh, now, uh, what B Corp actually uh, is doing and how many B Corps there already are. I like it to be um, uh, a bit more outside looking and not only around B Corp, but let's, uh, let's broaden our view a bit. So it's a little bit of a party in some yeah. ways to congratulate everybody themselves, feel like they're together, but maybe miss a sense of urgency? Uh, yeah, that's a good summary actually, yeah. indeed. It feels like we're amongst each other safe and all, uh, with all the right intentions and uh, I feel indeed a lot of urgency outside to, uh, yeah, to go more outside and spread the news there instead of amongst each other. 
Uh, when you say sense of urgency, you, we talked about the fact that I'm here also uh, in the context of the Creatives for Climate and the Extinction Rebellion, who are obviously very good at creating that sense of urgency, activism, non-violent resistance. Is it something that you follow? I explained to you before a bit around my struggle this week, coming Friday, eh, the, the, the march in The Hague for the climate. And um, yeah, the struggle of, of how should we support this and what should, should we allow our employees to do? Should we go all the way or should we do it a bit more, uh, um, yeah, in a, in a modest way? That was a struggle for me this week, how to embrace that external movement actually that's happening right now. Nice, yeah, you did say, you were talking about the fact that you saw the movement coming, there were a lot of people who wanted to go, you wanted yeah. it to be real that you were supporting it and not yeah. just because you're fair fun. So what did you do in the end? Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought long and hard about it. Now, what I decided to do is I uh, enable the people uh, working at Fairphone to join. And actually, I'm joining myself uh, as well because I want to show that it is important. And what I indeed like is that it is uh, uh, broader than just Fairphone or B Corp or whatever. This is really uh, uh, scientists supporting this, the United Nations. It's such a broad uh, movement that I said, okay, this is something we can uh, join, but I didn't want to hijack it or, or greenwash Fairphone with, oh, look at this and we're, we're, we're closed and uh, everybody needs to go. It was a bit of a struggle for me. How sincere is it? And because if you really embrace it, you should also follow up yeah, the, the, the next marches and stuff like that. So I try to keep it as close and authentic to Fairphone as I can. Uh, and yet don't close my eyes for what's happening in the outside world. So everybody's going, we start early with a nice vegan breakfast and then we go all together to The Hague. It's, uh, it's really interesting to hear that from a company like Fairphone that going to a climate march would be greenwashing <laughs> because you're such an activist oh, yeah. company. <laughs> no, there, yeah. Maybe I should explain a bit about my background because uh, my background is indeed, uh, I grew up at corporates and there, therefore I'm quite allergic to uh, companies who suddenly say, oh yeah, this is really us and we completely embrace it. So it says a lot about me and, and, and my... Um, uh, aim to be sincere. Nice. I also heard somebody say, we work for so many good companies that if we go on strike, then actually we're doing less good in the world. <laughs> I know Fairphone has been a B Corp for like five years, one of the first ones in the Netherlands. It's growing. Do you feel still the kind of momentum or something where you feel like B Corp is really relevant to us? Yeah, actually, I have the feeling that it becomes more and more relevant. I, I learned today that also quite some big corporates actually join. And uh, now again, eh, it's the topic of this conversation, big corporates. But I see it as a good uh, uh, signal and a good uh, sign, actually, that they uh, step in. And yeah, I, it's, it's super relevant because those assessments, that's what I like about B Corp. Uh, when you do that assessment, it always gives you a new insight. Like, yeah, indeed this is maybe something that we could focus on. So I do think they still, or actually we, eh, uh, as B Corps amongst each other, have the momentum. I, 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 I don't want us to be too happy with ourselves. Let's, let's, let's look outside what, what we still can change in the world.
Nice, so you're still driving for innovation within the B Corp industry. <laughs> yeah, this is my activist blood uh, boiling. Yeah, let's indeed don't be happy with the status quo. There's so much to do, let's move ahead. And when you say it's good that the, the corporates are joining, can you elaborate why was it good? It's not so common that within the big corporates you ask yourself ethical questions and um, like, hey, can I actually explain, that's a question that I normally ask, can I explain this to my mom? Not because she's stupid, but really for me she's a bit like my my other conscious, (laughs) uh, the ethical conscious. And uh, ask yourself questions like this and, and change a bit, make that also acceptable and common in bigger organizations is really important. Because in the end, we're all nice human beings. But if you're in a system where this really is super uncommon, um, uh, you need to be quite uh, aware of of ethics to start asking yourself these questions. Other big corporates will say, "Hmm, should we actually also consider becoming a B Corp? And then they start doing that assessment. And then suddenly topics are raised that maybe normally aren't raised in in those uh, systems. So it's like a window that people look through and look. uh, So I also hear you saying it's not actually the results, but the process of doing the assessment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny because you said in the in the workshop just now we need to balance between activists and uh, people who have like uh, skills tech tech like or I think yeah. you use geeks or technology. Yeah. And I, uh, and I wonder to myself, which one are you? <laughs> I'm certainly an activist. I'm not a, a tech geek. <laughs> so it's easier to choose between those two. You learn a lot within those big corporates. So I'm raised with a business sense. And I wasn't used to, to indeed uh, asking myself, what are the consequences of all the work that I do? And along the way, it became more and more clear to me that, hey, th- th- this is not going in the right direction. So I become more and more activist, actually... Uh, with, with age, normally you're activist when you're young. I become uh, more and more activist uh, the older I get. Yeah. There's no way back, is there? <laughs> no, no, there's not. <laughs> no, now I'm going to march for the climate coming coming uh, Friday. So yeah, that is that's actually my first strike, my first, first march. Strike. Yeah, at 44. At 44. <laughs> at 44. And your children? They want to join. Uh, they're 14, 12 and 9, but we need to find out the logistics. But probably they'll join. It's funny, my grand- my mother said to my son, you, you went on strike before I ever did. <laughs> He's done three climate strikes, or two strikes, I think, and she- now she's walking with him. So it's nice, the younger generation. Yeah. Timothy O'Brien has come all the way from Australia a few weeks ago. He works for Hatched and Roy. Can you tell me a little bit about your company? Yes, so Hatch does impact strategies, so we embed impact into organizations. And Roy is our new venture which measures impact of organizations. Okay, and are you a B Corp? Hatch is definitely a B Corp and Roy will be a B Corp. You need to be a year's running as a profitable business to be a B Corp. So Roy's certification is coming soon. Well, congratulations. So you're really all in on the B Corp. Yes, um, in Australia I was um, involved in helping set up the movement there and um, we were one of the earlier B Corps as well. So um, I've been a proud B Corp for a number of years now. And do you uh, see B Corp, because I, I read that it was about 10 years, over 10 years now that it's been really uh, growing. Um, how do you see that it's making an impact in that sense? 
Yeah, so it was early days with B Corp where it was set up in the US and there was actually an Australian um, group called Small Giants who actually convinced B Corp to, to, to launch in Australia and then seeing it launch in so many countries is extraordinary. I was just speaking to one girl before and she's part of Asia B Corp. And so it moving from a global organization, um, sorry, a US-based organization to a global organization is extraordinary. And we were just in the, um, the, the kickoff session earlier and we can actually see some significant change happening embedded by B Corp. Um, so things like changing legislation in certain areas around benefit corporation legislation and then galvanizing the business community to collectively work on action, particularly climate, is significant. And you're seeing the power of the movement starting to come together now. Well, you beat me to it, significantly on climate, because we're here today also for Creatives for Climate, connected closely to Extinction Rebellion and their three demands. And you said you can really see that this pulling in this community to act now on climate. Can you tell me a little bit more and some examples, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why we set up Roy, which is the impact measurement platform, was really to solve some of our biggest issues, and climate is right at the heart of that. So um, one of our key clients is Climate Kick, which is based in Europe and Australia, and we're helping them measure systems-level climate change. So that first principle around, you know, telling the truth is critical for us as an organisation because the more transparent we can make organisations impact and make the best practice transparent, the more change we can create. So from our perspective, it's critical, those three steps. I guess from a B Corp perspective, climate has been part of the impact assessment for a long time for certification, and it's a key area that concerns only all B Corps. We were just speaking earlier about a new initiative where there's going to be a climate emergency declared by B Corps and collectively sign to act together as a business community around those aspects of it. And so there's, that's one big part of it, being measured for it, and then acting and making implementing change and also implementing change beyond simply I guess at a comfortable level we, we were talking about exponential change so to get to, to stay below 1.5 degrees we need real change to happen and the key message that I took out of it is around leadership and as um, organizations who are B Corps and leaders of those organizations it's up to us to make those uncomfortable changes happen so we really need to step up and embed things in our business that isn't just business as usual it's exponential change so how do we be brave and make drastic change within our communities and for us also the clients we work with may helping them be brave so one of the key clients we work with as well in Australia is, is Intrepid Travel, which is one of the largest, largest B Corps, and they're looking to be carbon positive by 2020. That's extremely ambitious for a travel company, but that's the type of leadership we're looking for and being innovative around how to get to that point. Can you tell me some of the leaders that are, you can see around you that really have those qualities in them? Yeah, I think one of the um, other messages that came out of the plenary session is women in leadership, and that energy coming into organizations and seeing some of those leaders um, who are women leading those industries is really critical. And some of those characteristics we tend to see is that when you look at a problem and you kind of think maybe it's not possible to achieve that, when you start to look at that and actually innovate around actually what's possible. So let's take Intrepid Travel again. It's a travel company that's growing rapidly around sustainable travel. And they want to grow, but they also want to be carbon positive or climate positive and both those two things look like their intention but instead of looking at the travel industry and saying oh let's go get people to travel more to the the popular destinations they're building travel 
experiences with communities in remote locations that no one normally goes to and by travelling there it's creating new economies, new jobs and actually is having a positive impact on the climate through reinvestment. So really it's about looking at a problem and then rethinking it completely and redesigning it. So to me it's, it's about creative thinking that's going to solve this for us. Creative thinking and that particularly connected to growth as you say because growth, what do you think? Is it something that we can keep doing? I think at a, at a, at a sort of a systems level, um, growth is going to be challenged in terms of money being the sole indicator. I think if we can start to balance financial and non-financial metrics and, have, and essentially have money and impact interrelated, then growth is possible, but not at the same levels that we're talking about. And for me, growth is important because the more organisations that are B Corps or purpose-driven or have impact embedded at the heart of their organisations, if they can make more money, they can do more good with that money. And so I think the message I have is that money is not necessarily a bad thing, it's what you do with it. And so growth and impact to me are really important. And for us, we could sit back and be small and launch our business in Australia and be comfortable there, but to, for us to have an impact and contribute to the challenges, we need to come to Europe, we need to grow to have a more impact. And if we make money along the way, we'll do good with that money, but we need to do that. Nice. I think uh, growth is uh, important for influence and impact. I guess it's unlimitless. Where are the limits, you know, to these uh, these these ideas of growth? And maybe development is another way of saying growth. I hear a lot of like metrics and analysis, and uh, you know, I can imagine the youth movement, people looking around saying we're supposed to have less CO2 emissions, and actually every year it's more. What do you say to those people when you tell about telling the truth? Do you have a message for them? Yeah, it's a good question. So even I saw a chart the other day that saw, you know, we're seeing plastics, you know, it feels like it's going down with less plastic bags being used and more recycling happening. But if you look at the curve of manufacturing of plastics, it's still off the charts and increasing dramatically. So one thing is having organisations provide that information to inform better decision making, I think is critical. But really the choices are, it's simple. We can, who we work for, who we buy from and who we invest in. And if you're a consumer, if you're, you know, you're under 20, who you're going to work for is also about the, what you're actually going to contribute to in the world. And then who you buy from is exactly the same thing. So if you're buying from the wrong organisations, if you're buying that plastic, you're part of the problem. If you're working for an organisation that's not contributing to positive change, you're part of the problem. So it's about making that challenge. And it's hard and difficult and maybe even challenging to find work in those organisations, but they're out there and they're growing. And, it's, and those organisations are also there to buy from. So make those changes every day and we'll see big change start to happen. It makes me think, can you also influence the country you live in <laughs> and the regulations that are there? Can business self-regulate itself to actually get to that point or do we need government and you know other things to actually go, look business, it's great you're earning money and you think you're making an impact, but how are you connecting to everybody else? Good question. Australian government is very, very far behind the times at the moment and we are seeing that in different countries and some are more progressive, but I think What's in our control is that we can demonstrate that through business, we can actually be more successful than traditional business. So purpose-driven business, we outperform the others, they'll start to look at us and go, hey, they're doing things in different ways. So to me, government is there to create policy that helps us. A lot of things in place at the moment don't help businesses like us. So let's work around it, work with it, engage the system, and the system will catch up and enable this to happen at scale or 
make it easier over time. So let's just create the best practice and they'll follow. And that starts with declaring a climate emergency, I heard. Are you going to sign? Absolutely. We already said we're signing up and we're definitely declaring a climate emergency. We were part of the, the marches in Australia, my team, and we've been talking about that narrative. And this is critical because we've got 10 years to act and business is is part of the big problem and we can lead the way by demonstrating leadership and we've got to be brave and we've got to talk about this thing and we have to all be activists. Planet!